turn over Genesis chapter 3, verses 1 through to 9. Praise the Lord. Once, once you're there, if you would just one more time, just for a, a moment or two here, we just honor the, the, the reading of God's Word publicly. If you would stand to your feet for the reading of God's Word. Genesis chapter 3, and we're going to read, if you can tonight, Genesis 3, verses 1 uh, through to 9. I'll read God's Word to you tonight. Just open your heart and hear the Word of God. Amen. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by God's Word. Genesis 3, verse 1. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of the every tree of the garden. And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die. For God doth know that in the day that ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof, and did eat, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. And the eyes of them both were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together, made themselves aprons, and they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. And the Lord God called unto Adam, and he said unto him, Where art thou? Father, tonight we just pray that you would shut us in with yourself. Lord, that you would speak. Lord, that ears would be unstopped. Lord, tonight we pray for everyone in this gathering that does not know you as their Lord and Savior. Tonight we thank you that you're here to save. You're here to deliver. You're here to set free. Lord, we just pray that the Holy Spirit would take the stammering words of man and use them tonight. Lord, for the furtherance of the gospel, for the furtherance of your kingdom, but most of all for the salvation of precious souls. We pray all of this in Jesus' wonderful name. And everyone said, Amen. I want to speak tonight. The title of this message is God sees where you're hiding. God sees where you're hiding. We're introduced in our reading tonight to a creature called the serpent. The Bible introduces us here in Genesis chapter 3, some 8 to 10,000 years ago, that the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field. The serpent, according to the Bible, is the devil. He is the arch enemy of God and God's creation. He was once one of the archangels in heaven, 
Before time began, the devil and a third of the heavenly host were cast out of heaven. And here, in the wonder of God's beautiful creation, the centerpiece, the crowning piece of God's great creation was man. Man was created in the likeness of God. That is one of the great revelations that is being eroded by the powers of hell today, that you and I were created in the very image of Almighty God. We're introduced to this serpent. I want you to listen just very carefully for a few moments tonight. He is the devil. And I want to tell you what uh, Jesus Christ tells us of the devil, who he is. In John chapter 8 and verse 44, if you want to follow God's word tonight, John chapter 8 and verse 44 here, uh, the Lord Jesus Christ introduces us to this being known as the devil. He was understood to be Lucifer in heaven, the devil, the serpent. There's many names for him, but we understand him to be Satan or the devil. But this is what Jesus said of the devil. He said that he, the devil, was a murderer from the beginning. The Bible says, this is what the Lord says, and abode not in the truth. There is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own. For he is a liar. The devil's a liar. And he's the father of it. Jesus tells us here that the devil is a liar and he is the father of lies. He tells lies. That's what he does. When he spoke to the woman in the garden, he was lying. There is no truth in the devil. Jesus Christ told us that he is the way. Jesus himself, he's the way. Jesus is the truth and Jesus is the life. But the devil is a liar. There are many people, even some in this meeting tonight, that are believing the very lies of the devil. He's a liar. Jesus said he's a liar. And he whispers lies into many lives, many young people, many older people, many people around us today that are outside of Christ. He whispers lies into their hearts. Not only did Jesus say that he is a liar and the father of lies, but in John chapter 10, we know this verse very well here. John chapter 10 and verse 10, Jesus tells us that the serpent, the devil, is not only a liar, but also he's a thief. Listen very carefully. Not only is he a liar and the father of lies, but also he's a thief. Jesus said these words, that the thief, the thief, that's the devil, cometh, not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. But Jesus said that I have come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. Remember here, Jesus is talking about the devil. Not only is he a liar and a murderer from the beginning, but Jesus said that he's a thief. He's a liar and he's a thief. He's come to steal. He's come to kill. He's come to destroy. And he whispers lies into many a person's heart and into their mind. And that person in their mind begin to believe the lies of the devil. They begin to believe it, that there is no such thing as a heaven, 
And there is no such thing as a hell. This is the only life that you have. Live it up. Enjoy your life. Tomorrow you die, and that's it over. That's a lie. That's a lie. He tells people that you're too young to get saved. Wait till you're older. Wait till you get married. Wait till you have your house. Wait till you have your kids. Wait till you get your job. And then at some point in your life, you might be able to get saved. That's a lie. He tells people who are older, listen, you've lived your life and now you're too old to get saved. Just rock back in the chair and see the last few days in. It's over for you. But that's a lie. Jesus introduces us to the devil, the serpent, as a liar, the father of lies, a murderer, a thief that comes to steal and to kill and to destroy every life in this room. Everyone that's not saved, the devil has a purpose for your life. It's to steal and to kill and destroy. But Jesus has come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. True life. Not that the world can give us, because there's another lie. The devil tells us that true life is found out there in the world. But that's a lie, because the Bible says that the pleasures of sin only last for a season. And then it's heartache, it's brokenness, and the wages of sin, the payday of sin, the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through our Lord Jesus Christ. Not only is he a murderer and the father of lies and a thief, but he's a deceiver. He's a deceiver. In Revelation chapter 12, if you're following it tonight, Revelation chapter 12 and verse 9, we have an explicit description of the devil, of Satan. Revelation chapter 12 and verse 9, we find here some titles that are given to him to describe who he is. And the Bible says, the great dragon, there's one, was cast out. The old serpent, there he is. Right here in Revelation 12, we see now the serpent being described to us from Genesis 3. The old serpent, the devil, and Satan then the Bible says, which deceiveth the whole world, he was cast out to the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. The old serpent, the old deceiver, he's as sly today as he ever was. He's as busy as ever, because the Bible tells us he knows his time is short. And today there's more deception. There's more lies. The thief is operating. Beware of the thief. Beware of the thief. You know when there's a, a spate of break-ins around Balnehinch and some boys are starting to break into houses, the police will put a little notice out in the paper or in the news for everyone to be vigilant because there's been a, an outbreak of break-ins. I want to tell you something. You need to watch this old serpent. 
You watch this old serpent. In our reading tonight, we see our first parents, Adam and Eve. You want to know your family tree? Just go straight back to Genesis. Skip all the other stuff and get straight back to the garden. We all came from the garden. We all came from Adam and Eve. I know a lot of people search to find out if there's any money in the family. Don't worry about it. Just go right back to Genesis. There you'll find, there you'll find Adam and Eve, our first parents. God's wonderful creation. Created perfect. Created without sin. A wonderful garden that he placed them in and gave them dominion over all the beasts of the field. God's glorious and wonderful creation. You know, the devil wants to spoil everything. He wants to take away your innocence. He wants to take away your purity. He wants to take away your integrity. He wants to take away the peace that you would have in your mind. He wants to destroy everything about you. He's a liar. He's a thief. He's a murderer. And listen, friends, he's a deceiver. Is there anyone in this room likes to be deceived? Is there anybody in this room would say, oh, I really enjoy being deceived? There's not one of us. I tell you, but there's no deceiver like this one. At that moment, we're reading off that time when that serpent came into the garden. We see our first parents being taken in by the lies of the enemy, the deceit of the enemy. He'd come to rob the most precious thing that humanity had. You know what it was? It was fellowship with God. It was the union and fellowship, the purity of that wonderful fellowship that Adam and Eve have with God in the garden. And God had explicitly said in Genesis 2 and verse 17, But of the tree and of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat thereof, for in the day that thou eatest, therefore thou shalt die. That's what God said. That's what God said. You, you want to know what God said? The first thing that the enemy comes to do and whisper and say to many lives, and those who are saved, we've also known of the lies of the enemy in our lives, and the destruction that he brings. But the enemy is the first thing he says. He wants to bring doubt on God's precious word. This is the truth. And so at that moment, Eve gives way to the lies of the devil. The lies sown into her heart and into her mind. And she refers to what God had said. But you see... He's more subtle than any beast of the field. He's so cute. He's so crafty. And then he begins to have this conversation. The worst thing anybody can do is to talk back to the devil. Just quote him God's word. But you see, Eve began to open a conversation. And in that moment, as she begins to enter into the conversation with the enemy, the enemy begins to sow the deception into her heart. But did God really mean what he said? Does a man really need to be born again to enter heaven? 
Does, do you really need to have your sins forgiven? Do you really need to be washed in the blood of Jesus? Is it not just enough to go to church or to, or to be born a Protestant or to be born a Catholic or, or to have some form of religion? Is that not just enough? Is it not enough to be a good person and, and feed the poor and give money to charity? It's surely that's enough because I'm a good person so I'm going to heaven. That's what so many people say today. I'm good enough to get into heaven. That's a lie. There's actually not one of us good enough. If there was anyone good enough, Jesus would never have had to come from the splendor of heaven to be born of a virgin, to walk this earth, and to die on a cross 2,000 years ago. It's because there's not one of us good enough. But she believed the lie. And they took of the tree. And in that moment... What entered into humanity, what entered into the human race was sin. That's three letter, little word. And what a word it is, sin. The Bible tells us tonight that all of sin, every one of us, and come short of the glory of God. The Bible says in Romans 5 and 12, whereof, as by one man sin entered the world, and death by sin, so death passed upon all men, for all have sinned. We're sinners. We're lost. We need a Savior. It matters not, friend, tonight what you were born. Every one of us gets some form of label, especially in this part of the world. We'll get some form, some label put on us at birth. But it matters not what that label is. You want to know tonight that you're born a sinner, and you need a Savior. That's the truth. Through the cross of Jesus Christ, two wonderful things, there's many things happen, but two wonderful things I want to just mention tonight as we're going through this, this, this message. Two wonderful things happen through the cross of Christ, through the death of the Lord Jesus Christ. The first is found in Romans 5 and verse 8. And this is really important. Romans 5 and verse 8. Remember when sin entered the world, that fellowship was broken between God and man. There was a break in fellowship. They were separated from God. But in Romans 5, and this is through the cross, and verse 8, the Bible says, But God commendeth his love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than being now justified by the blood of Jesus, we shall be saved from the wrath through him. For if when we were enemies, and here's this wonderful word, we were reconciled to God by the death of His Son, that through the death of the Lord Jesus Christ, we can be reconciled to God. That's wonderful. And I can have a relationship with Almighty God tonight through the blood of Jesus and through the cross. I can be reconciled with the Almighty Creator. Reconciled to God by the death of His Son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved. Saved. See that word saved tonight. Saved. It's a great word. Saved by His life. Let me ask you a question tonight. Are you saved? I just want to ask you a very... Are you saved? Are you saved? Are you saved? I'm not interested whether you're a Protestant or a Catholic or a Muslim or a Hindu or an atheist or agnostic. Are you saved? That's the most important question yet you must answer in life. Are you saved? 
Because you're either saved, or listen carefully, or you're lost. Oh, that precious love. Oh, that precious blood. Oh, this great salvation. Saved from wrath and reconciled to God. Not only has he reconciled us for those that are saved, but secondly, he's delivered us from the fear of death. Listen carefully tonight. The Bible says it's appointed on the man once to die. Every person in this room will die. If the Lord tarries every single human in this room, you're going to die. And the Bible says this, listen carefully, and after this, the judgment. You see, there's a judgment day. Oh, I can live whatever way I want. I can do whatever I please. I can go wherever I want. Nobody really knows what I do. I can commit whatever sin I want to commit. I don't really care what anybody thinks. After death, there's a judgment. You see, there's a judgment day. And that judgment day is coming, and it's coming fast. But through the death of the Lord Jesus Christ, in Hebrews 2 and 14, it tells us that through his death, he would destroy him that had the power of death, that is the devil. Thank God for the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Now, we have a hope beyond the grave. That thank God tonight we can say that the death has lost its sting. That the grave has no victory. In 2 Timothy 1 and 10, it says these words, But now, but is now made manifest by the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has, listen to what it says, abolished death and has brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. Listen to me, friends, tonight. Take a walk, it might sound strange, but take a walk around a local graveyard. Take a walk around a graveyard. Stop and study and look along the headstones. Could I tell you something? Listen carefully. Listen, young people, do it someday. Stop for a few moments. Walk into a graveyard. Might be a strange thing to say, but walk into the graveyard and walk along the headstones. And I want to show you something. You'll find... People who are old that have died and you'll find people that are young that have died but they've all died. Not so long ago I was standing in Balna Hinch and then I looked up and there's another fresh green band and the next one up there's another fresh green band let me tell you something, as the Lord tarries, all of those rows are all going to be filled. See, we'll all die. But after this, listen, the judgment. You see, the moment that Adam and Eve did eat of the forbidden tree, something happened. I want you to listen. Something happened. The Bible says in verse 7 in our reading that the eyes of them were both opened. It's a very strange thing, isn't it? Here's two people that are walking around in the garden enjoying the, the pleasures of what God has given them and the bounty of it all. 
and the glorious garden that God had created. Their eyes are open, they're walking around, they're enjoying each other's company. But when they ate of the tree that they were forbidden to eat, the Bible says that their eyes were opened. What a moment. And suddenly something dawned on Adam and Eve. The eyes of them were both opened and immediately they knew they were naked. Straight away they realized that they were naked. Before that, the, the purity of God's creation, there was no shame and nakedness because there was no sin. Immediately when their eyes were opened, they were naked. Let me tell you something tonight. What the Bible says. The Bible says in Isaiah 59, the Lord's hand is not shortened, that he cannot save. Neither is his ear heavy that he cannot hear. But let me tell you what separates you from God tonight. Friend, it's not saved in this room. Let me tell you what separates you from God. The Bible says it's your iniquities that have separated you between you and your God and your sins have hid his face from you that he will not hear. Separated. Listen, there's two types of people in this room. One type have been reconciled by faith and repentance in the Lord Jesus Christ. They're born again, reconciled. There's a second type of person in this room, and only God knows. There's a second type. Listen, listen to me. Separated. You're separated. You're separated from God. You're separated from God. Think about it. Separated. What did Adam and Eve immediately do at that moment? When their eyes were opened, they realized they're naked. They've taken from the forbidden fruit. They believed the lies of the devil. What did they do? The Bible tells us they'd done something very strange. It seems strange, but immediately they sewed fig leaves together. That's what they did. The first thing they wanted to do was cover themselves. And so they got fig leaves and they put them together and they made aprons and they covered themselves. Can I tell you something, friends? From that day... From that day to right in this moment in this house, in Balnehens tonight, people are still trying to cover themselves. You're covering yourself. From that day right to now, man has sought to try to hide, to cover himself. Hide behind many things, not fig leaves, but hide behind so many other things. We hide behind. Do we not hide behind religion? All oh, men are trusting in religion tonight. Men are believing that their religion's going to get them into heaven. Men are trusting tonight. You know, you go out into Balnehens tonight, 90% of the people, if you ask them the question, are you going to heaven? They'll all say, yes, I'm going to heaven. Why? Because I've been a good person. But I want to tell you, friends, all our own righteousness, the Bible says, it filthy rags in the sight of God. Men hide behind religion. 
Oh, I march every year for the bonds. I've got them in the orange order. I'm in the black. I'm in this. We do great charity work. I met a man from the Masonic and saying, we're great, great charity people now. I want to tell you, not your Masonic, not your orange order, not your royal black. We're all filthy rags in the sight of God. People hide behind religion. Oh, I've been a great Catholic. I go to Mass. Do my Hail Marys. I pray to Mary. I go to confession. I want to tell you something, friend. All your religious acts, all your own self-righteousness are filthy rags. Fig leaves. Fig leaves. Or maybe tonight you're hiding behind intellectualism or respectability. I'm too respectable for... See, you people that need... You're weak. I'm going to tell you we are. Oh, we were weak. We were broken. We were ruined by sin. We were sinking in a sea of muck and mire. We called out to the Lord and then the hand of Jesus touched us. Respectability. Think about it. You see them all parading today and all... All the great leaders of the world walking around, they're all filled with all their pride and their intellectualism and all their might and all their strength and all their armies. And you see them walking down and all the grandeur of this world. I'm going to tell you one day they'll all bow the knee. They'll all bow the knee at Jesus' feet. What are you hiding tonight behind? Have you ever been in a group years ago? Ever been out with the fellas or out with the girls or whatever way you went out? And there's always a joker in the crowd. It's not true. There's always one. Isn't that what they say? There's always one. And there's, there's always one. And there's the one that's always joking and laughing and mucking around and everything else. But have you ever noticed that the one that jokes and mucks around the most is the one behind that? Is often the one that's the most vulnerable and insecure. What's he doing? Or what's she doing? Hiding behind fig leaves. Tonight maybe you're hiding behind just the things of the world. Maybe you're hiding behind your pride. I don't want to show people that I need God. Oh, I'll, I'll go into church and I'll create and I'll do whatever way and I'll behave whatever way I want and it's not for, it doesn't bother me and all the rest. And see behind all that, friend, I want to tell you something, that's just a facade. We cover that heart that's empty and broken. We cover the hopelessness, the depression, the insecurities and despair by an outward veneer. We're experts at covering up Reality. That's what this whole world is doing. That's what all that media, that's what's all that. It's about to cover up reality. That there's a world that's broken and needs a savior. What are you hiding? Or where are you hiding tonight? Because could I tell you something? Listen, God knows where you're hiding. God knows where you're hiding. And God knows what you're hiding behind. God knows your heart. 
God knows your thoughts. God sees your tears. God knows that most of it is all a facade. And yet, God comes seeking and asking the question, where are you? The Bible says, he that covereth his sin will not prosper. If you cover your sin, you'll never prosper. I want to tell you something. You can pray to a priest until now to the next time they get a man on Mars. They never will, by the way. I want to tell you something. Not one of those prayers will take away your sin. You can go to every orange meeting and march every part of the road in this land, but I'm going to tell you, never take away your sin. Never. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Let me tell you something, friend. A few minutes, I'll be closed. God knows where you're hiding. God knows what you're hiding behind. Or you can boot the fig trees up and the fig leaves up and paint it whatever way you want, but see behind that, God knows where you're hiding. Genesis 3 and 8, it says that they heard the voice of the Lord. They heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord. And God called out to Adam. And I want to tell you something God's calling out tonight in this meeting. He's calling you. Listen, friend, He's calling you. He's calling you by name. He called out, Adam, where art thou, Adam? I want to tell you something, friends. I'll not mention your name tonight, but you put your name in here. God's saying, where are you? God has come to seek in the sea of that which is lost. He's seeking the lost. He's calling out to the lost. He's not put off by the fig leaves. He's not put off by the fact that you're hiding, but he's calling out your name. There's another man, I'm closing with this, another man in the Bible, and he hid or was hiding under a fig tree. It's amazing. He was hiding under a fig tree. And you know, under that fig tree, listen carefully, under that fig tree, that man was a sincere man. That man was a genuine man. Actually, the Lord said that there was no guile in him. There was no guile in this man, but God seen him under the fig tree. And under the fig tree, we don't know the full extent of it, but we, what we do know is that in that place, this man was seeking God. He wanted to know God. There was a wrestle, I believe there was a wrestle under the fig tree. There, there was something happening in his heart that God was dealing with him and he wanted the reality of God. And under the fig tree, he began to wrestle with God and call out to God for the reality of an encounter with God. In John chapter 1, I want to read it to you. 
In John chapter 1, verse 44, it says these words, Now Philip of Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter, Philip findeth Nathanael. Nathanael, I believe there's a Nathanael in this meeting tonight. And he saith unto him, We have found him of whom Moses and the law and the prophets did write, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And Nathanael said unto him, Can there be anything good come out of Nazareth? And Philip said unto him, Just come and see. Tonight, friends, you know what we say to you? Honestly, we just say to you, come and see. Don't come and see a church. Don't come and see a denomination. Just come and see the Savior. Just come and see Him. Just come to Him. All ye that are weak and heavy laden and burdened down, just come to the Lord. And Jesus saw him coming, Nathaniel, and said unto him, Behold, an Israelite indeed, in whom Jesus said of him, There's no guile. Nathaniel said unto him, Whence knowest thou me? How did you know me, Lord? And Jesus answered and said unto him, Before that Philip called thee, when you were under the fig tree, Nathaniel, I saw you. If I tell you something tonight, listen carefully. Jesus has seen you under that fig tree. In that night hour, in that quiet time, when in your heart, beyond the facade of everyday life, and all the fig trees that are placed around us, but in the reality of that, there's a cry, might be a gentle one, but there's a cry in that heart for the reality of God. I want to know this Christ. Nathaniel said, Lord, when did you see me? Can I tell you, he sees where you're hiding. He sees where you're hiding. Let me tell you, friends, as we close tonight, God's come into this little hall in Balnehenge tonight like he came into the garden those thousands of years ago. He called out to Adam and said, Where art thou? Can I tell you something, friend? Listen, listen carefully. God's calling out in this meeting tonight for men and women and young people, he's saying, where are you? He's come to seek and to save that which is lost. If you hear his voice tonight, if you hear the voice of God speaking to you tonight, then I encourage you, don't leave this place until you get right with him. Pull away the fig leaves. Pull away the facade. Pull away all the things that we try to cover our life with. Come to Christ tonight as you are. Be saved, be washed, be reconciled, and have this great hope for Jesus Christ. Let's pray together tonight.